0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. That's David Lake. Early signing period, uh, just about four or five days away, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Miami currently holds the nation's number 15 ranked recruiting class, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. Uh, Manny Diaz and the Hurricanes have 20 commits in the boat. Uh, but there's still some work left on the table. So before we get into that, I uh, just want to point out that I am working from a mobile studio here in New Smyrna Beach. I'm up in uh, Daytona area for the state title game, so I'm not in the most acoustic of settings. So I apologize for the audio. David, how you doing?
1: Good, good. I have a good news update for you. I'm
0: I'm ready. Let's hear it.
1: Miami. Right now, as we are recording, they actually have the 14th ranked class. So there must have been some kind of decommit that happened oh. recently. And so they're 14, not 15. Let's go.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll see how this always shakes out because we all know Miami normally starts very high and uh, they they trend lowered, but that that's that's a good sign. I think I've played around with the class calculator a bit. And I think there's a chance they could probably get pretty close to, like, top 10. I mean, that would, of in- in course, involve landing some of these five stars and whatnot. But it seems right. like they're going to have probably a top 20, at least a top 25 class for sure. Seems like top 20, I would guess. You know,
1: like you said, it depends on what they what happens with some of the five stars. But I would probably project somewhere 15 to 20 is where this this class will land. But... You know, we'll see. You never know with recruiting. That's what makes it fun.
0: Before we get into like the the meat and potatoes of this, uh, if they were to finish top 20, given how the season went, would you consider this a success or a failure? Yeah. See, I was going to ask you that, too, to be honest. I, I think
1: if you're going to be fair and if you're going to look at this in the context of, I mean, look, Miami went six and six. Is it realistic to expect Miami to sign a top ten class after a six and six season, and and a season you lost to FIU?
0: Let's not forget that. It's right, not like these were-
1: right. I would say, I mean, that's probably unrealistic. It would be special if if a coaching staff pulled that off—a top ten class with a six and six season, which includes a, a terrible loss to a team like FIU. I think if you look at the teams that are in the top 10, probably only Texas A&M is a program that's in the top 10. I think they went 7 and 5. Now, they arguably had the hardest schedule in the country and went 7 and 5. Um, but they're the only team really in the top 10 that has a record that is somewhat close to Miami's. I think you look at the teams ranked near them, you got Washington, who I think was six and six or seven and five this season. North Carolina's just below Miami. They I think they went six and six. So I mean, if you look at it through the context of how is Miami recruiting amongst the teams that had similar success on the field as them, Miami is actually recruiting fairly well. Uh, now is that going to be enough for them to get over the hump and uh, you know compete with the big time powers? I don't know. We'll see how it goes with developing these guys. But I think if you look at things fairly and look at it like, okay, how is Miami recruiting um, in relation to the type of season they just had? I think you got to give them credit. They've kept this class together and it's it does have talent. The top half of the class is good. Um, So, yeah, I think six and six, a top 15 to 20 class. Honestly, that, that's pretty good results in my mind.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I would agree with a lot of what you said there. And I will point out, I wrote on the site, uh, miami.247sports.com, I think it was almost a month ago after Miami lost to FIU, how we have seen in the past, re- recent history shows that you can have a bad season and still sign a good class. I think the, the three examples I used was Uh, Will Muschamp in 2014, the Gators went like four and eight. Um, They still finished with the number nine class. James Franklin, his second year at Penn State, they opened the season with a loss to Temple, still managed to uh, sign the nation's number 20 ranked recruiting class. That was headlined by five-star running back Miles Sanders. I mean, you can make the comparison right there to Don Chaney. Miles Sanders, obviously, in the NFL. And then the one example that uh, Manny actually kind of touched on it in that press conference after the loss to FIU is LSU Uh, a lot of people don't realize but two years ago uh, LSU lost in Baton Rouge to Troy um, and they still managed to sign with the 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 number 15 ranked recruiting class and look where they are now so I'm not saying Miami is on a similar trajectory as LSU or it's going to work out like that but um, history has shown that you can still kind of sign an elite class or a good class or a good enough class as long as you work and Miami's coaches have done that I mean the past really uh nine ten days they've been all over the country they met with every one of Miami's commits and now this weekend they're they're gearing up for uh, to host some more official visitors before the dead period kicks in and then on Wednesday it's time for Penn to go to paper
1: yeah I think So leading up to that FIU game, right, there was definitely some positive momentum going for Miami on the recruiting trail. And it looked like Miami had a chance to kind of jump up maybe into the top 10 of the recruiting rankings. But I think once that loss to FIU happened, the focus needed to and did shift to, oh crap, we got to just keep our commits together. We got to just keep these guys. And so I think that has kind of been the primary focus, and I think that's smart. That was a smart strategy. And you know, they've done that. They've kept these guys together somehow through a very tumultuous time to end the year. And you know, it's unfortunate that they couldn't finish the year on a strong note to see uh, just how special this class might have been. But overall, it's still it's still a solid class that has plenty of talent
0: committed to it. And it's funny, or it's not funny, I should say, but there has been kind of a, it's been a roller coaster because coming into the season, Miami was like, all right, what what can we add to our class? Because you'll remember they had they had most of the kids already committed, and then they opened it with losses to Florida and North Carolina. Uh, then the narrative shifted towards, oh my gosh, we need to hold on to these guys. Then they roll off that win streak, look excellent against Louisville, Florida State, and it was hey, let's see what we can get. Let's try to flip some of these kids from Florida State now that Willie Taggart's not in Tallahassee. uh, Let's go get Darnell Washington. Let's go get Justin Flo that, you know, the two five-stars out on the West Coast. Uh, But then, once they lost to FIU and Duke, it kind of went back to, all right, we got to play some defense here and just make sure we can get our guys on campus. And
1: look, like, they're not going to get guys like Jalen Harrell and Jalen Knighton at the buzzer here, but the fact that they already got them, uh, you know, in late November, and they're able to hold on to those guys, those are some big additions to the class, and you know that's something we shouldn't forget that they did still add Jalen Knighton and Jalen Harrell to this class,
0: and they were able to fend off uh, a push from Florida State once Mike Norvell uh, took over. You know, they met with Jalen and his parents, I, I believe, on Tuesday, and. Ah, uh, Jalen was in Coral Gables uh, early or late Thursday night for his official visit, and that and then you know Georgia Tech never stopped, really trying to recruit Jalen Harrell. So yeah, they definitely deserve some credit there. Should we jump in on to to talk about a guy that Miami's
1: trying to flip from Florida State now?
0: Yeah, let's let's kind of go through what
1: we got outlined here. Okay, so four-star linebacker Keyshawn Green. Um, we talked about him last week. He took his official visit last week to Miami. He's out a Wakulla High School, which is, you know, close to Tallahassee. He decommitted from Miami, or sorry, from Florida State during his Miami visit. Um, you know, tell us about what's going on with, with Keyshawn, Andrew. Where do things stand with Miami right now? Um, and is Florida State working hard to get him back in? I guess just what's going on there? This
0: is kind of one of the recruitments where we probably won't know uh, what's going to happen until that decision is made. So like you said, Keyshawn uh, Green came back, uh, was down in Miami this past weekend for his official visit. He ended up decommitting from Florida State while eating dinner with Miami staff uh, at the Rusty Pelicans. So they're o- overlooking the skyline. Uh, there was some smoke out there that he might have made a commitment that he was going to go public and Uh, That didn't end up happening. He left uh, town on Sunday and returned home, still uncommitted. A lot of people, including myself, thought that Florida State was going to be the big team to watch out for, especially since we knew that they had hired Mike Norvell. But Keyshawn isn't visiting Florida State this weekend. He's actually going to fly up to Nebraska. He's going to go check out Scott Frost's program. So uh, I think if you're a Miami fan – and I've been writing this pretty much all week on the on the site. Like that should be a good sign that he's going to Nebraska and not Florida State. Just because I I think it'd be difficult to project him signing with Florida State when he's never really spent time with their new defensive coordinator. I know Odell Hagen's is still on staff, but he's not a defensive lineman. Like he's gonna play linebacker. Uh, so it's an interesting twist. This this recruitment's been full of them. Manny Diaz and, and Miami sent multiple staffers to go in home with them on, on Thursday night. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball pick in right now. I'd probably be, be leaning towards Miami, but uh, th- this one seems like it's still got a ways to go. So we'll see. I'm not ruling it out, and I think if Miami were to get Keyshawn Green, it would be an absolute steal. I mean, he's a freak athlete like i say he's a rangy linebacker that can hit you but he's also got db speed uh, up there in wakula and i was actually talking with some some college coaches who recruit the panhandle um thursday night at at the state title games in daytona they're like stud that was the word they used just absolute stud so we'll see how this kind of plays out and shakes out here over the next really 72 hours i have two follow-ups on Keyshawn. i guess
1: The sense I get with with this recruitment from a Miami perspective is that it seems like uh, maybe I'm reading this wrong. But so you tell me, but it seems like they need to get mom on board. I think everything I've read out there is kind of like mom's, you know, kind of a diehard Florida State fan. Um, Is that the sense you get? Is
0: that fair or or is that off? No, that's absolutely uh, accurate. Um, from what I gathered and was told, Mom didn't make it down to Miami with Keyshawn. It was actually uh, uh, his uncle that that visited with him. So one of the one of the main reasons why Miami kind of waited to go in home with Keyshawn, they waited till Thursdays because they wanted to get that last. Face to face with the family uh, before things go dead because Keyshawn left on Friday to go up to Nebraska. Uh, he won't be back till Sunday, and Sunday's a quiet period where you can't talk to those guys off campus. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, the big thing for them will be: can they get uh, mom on board? And then the other thing is, he's definitely—is he—he's signing early and enrolling early? Is that right? TBD. He's not going to enroll early, but he could sign early. So in theory, you know, he could not sign on Wednesday or even Thursday or Friday because that's a three-day signing period window uh, and he could actually wait uh, until the traditional signing day there in February which would allow him to visit more schools but I think just kind of reading the tea leaves that we might see him kind of make a decision and shut things down on Wednesday
1: okay so if he doesn't sign Wednesday that's probably a good sign for Florida State fair to say absolutely okay anything else on Keyshawn
0: no, I mean, that's it. Like I said, I mean, he's he's the real deal. I think he'd be a a good land for Miami. And uh, it's just people want to know why he's visiting Nebraska. And it's just, it's been a weird recruitment. you got to remember, not a lot of schools uh, recruit the panhandle, number one. Number two, not a lot of schools are going to go in the, into the panhandle and offer a kid who's been committed to Florida State for almost two years um, that lives 30 minutes from Tallahassee. So I think that's one of the reasons why uh, we're not seeing some of these other big players in there. And it's really just Miami and Nebraska.
1: All right. So moving on to the next guy we want to talk about, Romelo Height, who's a who's a commit, uh edge rusher, committed to Miami during the summer. He, you know, there was some smoke, I guess, that that Auburn was pushing to get him in on a visit and, and try and flip him. Uh, but he doubled down on his pledge to Miami. How big was this? For the Hurricanes.
0: Well, if you read our message board, you know there's a lot of fans out there that don't think Miami wins battles when the when the big boys come or or the SEC comes calling. And this is an absolute win for Miami. I mean, we have been saying this on this podcast uh, since height comm- since we started the podcast. To be honest, I mean, we started it after he committed that like he's an SEC player type of player uh, with an SEC frame that is going to get looks late look from the from the SEC so I think Miami was honestly a little surprised that Auburn had kind of went in home and was trying to make a push but I knew this was coming all along and uh, this is huge I think uh, Romello isn't as long as like a Greg Russo or anything like that but he is in the mold of these these edge rushers that they've been bringing in like Manny has done a great job of uh, identifying those guys and it was, what was it two years ago? It was John Garvin, or is that three years ago? Um, three. Yeah, Har- yeah, three years ago, John John Garvin. And then it would be Greg Russo, um, Jafari Harvey, and now Romelo Height. I think Romelo Height and Chance Williams, the, the kids. So uh, I think it's a huge, huge win for Miami.
1: All right. Next guy, let's talk about is Devonte Brown, who's a corner that visited, took his official visit to Miami last week. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it seems like UCF is going to beat out Miami uh, for his commitment. What happened? How does that how is that even possible?
0: (laughs) I don't know, man. Uh, I crystal balled. I put in a crystal ball forecast for uh, UCF and and Devontae on. I think it was I'm getting my days all confused here on, on Wednesday. No, Thursday just after talking with some people with knowledge of the recruitment. I, I think Miami did a good job of recruiting Devante, who whose father played at uh, UM in, in, the, in the early 90s. But the thing is, I just think the depth chart really isn't that appealing to like a mid-level uh, three-star recruit, if that makes sense. And kind of hear me out here. So Miami has two talented corners that are – pushing for playing time into Corey couch and Christian Williams. And I think if you're one of these guys who isn't as highly ranked as him, and you know that those guys are in the roster, it's kind of hard to just jump in there. And it, with the case with Devonte Brown, UCF's kind of telling him, Hey, you have a chance to come in and, and play right away. So right now I expect him to end up at UCF. And uh, is it a loss for Miami? I think so. I mean, I, I think, or I don't think it's that big of a loss. I think Devontae would have been a fine take, uh, but this isn't the end of the world. Uh, if I'm Miami, I'm trying to find a guy who I think can come in and, and play and compete, and if if he doesn't think he's ready to do that, then he's not ready to do it. So what's
1: next at corner? Are they going to chase anyone else, or what, what are they going to do at that position?
0: I'm expecting Miami to kind of wait and see, what happens once the – what's available once the, the dust settles. Uh, one name that we already know that they've expressed some interest in, and I, I mentioned this on, on the site, is Major Burns. He's a cornerback out of Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Madison Prep. Um, I think he's just outside of the top two, four, seven. We actually have him graded out as a safety, but he could probably get it done at cornerback. Um, he decommitted from LSU. Tigers are recruiting at an insane level right now. Um, unknown at the time if he's going to sign, if he's going to sign early. But if he waits, I think Miami tries to get involved there. And look, last cycle, they um, found Christian Williams late. Like this time last year, they weren't even on Christian Williams and they ended up signing him. So I I expect them to do that instead of just reaching for someone here kind of in the 11th hour. And I think that's the smart move. You know, with this 25-man cap, you can only sign 25 guys a year your evaluations have to be spot on because if a kid comes in and transfers, you don't get that number back. So uh, I think it's the right call. All
1: right. So let's talk about this weekend's official visitors. Um, It's it's mainly commits, right? Um, How many commits are visiting? And then who would be maybe the uncommitted guys that are going to visit too?
0: (laughs) This is the celebration weekend for Miami. They got 13 of their 20. Uh, commits um, on campus for the weekend. You know, I think they would have li- loved to have everyone, but you got to remember a guy like Romello Hyde, Corey Flagg, Tyreek Austin Cave, Daz Worsham, all those guys visited uh, back in the summer. And Miami probably wouldn't have got those kids if they didn't bring them in for those summer official visits just because they all had um, advanced timelines in their recruitments and they're all out, out, out of state kids. Elijah Roberts is playing in the state title game. 8 a state 8 a state title game on friday night so he's he's going to sign early but he's going to take his official visit uh in uh excuse me in uh in january and willie moise is going to do the same thing so those, those are why those other guys aren't here um the one uncommitted target that is that is in town is Jaden francois the four-star defensive back out of south dade who had 12 interceptions as a junior. Um, that's a Miami Nebraska battle. I think we talked about it the last time we were on the podcast. But he's he's the one guy that isn't in the boat right now, and, and the one I think Miami's gonna try to try to really figure out what's up. Um, they have three safeties committed right now. His teammate Keyshawn Washington, uh, Brian Balem, and Jalen Harrell. Uh, Balem plays at Miramar. Jalen Harrell's at a Champagnat Catholic. So I don't think Miami needs a fourth safety, but they're they're exploring. The option of taking a fourth and Francois while he has committed and decommitted twice already for Miami he's a guy that is talented and, and one of the top defensive backs in South Florida this cycle so I think he's someone you absolutely have to take a look at
1: going into this visit uh who do you think has the edge with Miami and Nebraska for Jaden
0: oh I said this on a uh lincoln nebraska radio show on wednesday and i think it's still the case i mean we're taping this on friday morning i think it's nebraska if we're being honest like i think um when he went up there a few weeks ago for his official visit he really liked what he saw does that mean it's a done deal no i mean i still have my, my crystal ball is still foggy but i think uh nebraska might be the leader in the clubhouse right now and um miami's got to sh- M- miami's gonna have to to flip the momentum if that makes sense which is absolutely possible like they could do that um, this weekend you know he grew up in a household full of Hurricanes fans and that at the same time is working against Miami because all those Hurricanes fans are, are complaining and griping about how uh, Manny Diaz and them just went six and six so he's the one uh, I think if Miami doesn't get him it's, it's not the end of the world there's some options out there Danico Slaughter uh, the three-star safety out of Rosswell, Georgia. He decommitted from Arizona State on Friday. Fresh off his Miami official visit, he'll visit uh, Tennessee this weekend. He will sign early but not enroll early. And then you have Avante Williams, uh, the top 24-7 safety out of DeLand, Florida, cousin of Lorenzo Lingard, um, former Miami commit. He backed off a verbal commitment to Oregon, I believe, on Wednesday, and uh, he's not going to sign early. So there's options out there. I don't think safety is as big as a need as some of the other positions on the board. So hear me out. Like
1: Jaden will be surrounded by 13 commits this weekend. He will be the only uncommitted guy. You would think these commits will be working him hard. You alluded to the fact that he's he comes from kind of a UM fan family is a five and seven Nebraska team really going to beat out Miami in this final weekend and get them? I don't know. I'm not, I think it would be a bad sign if Miami couldn't pull it off.
0: Do you agree or disagree with that? I agree. I mean, the criticism that the staff would get, it would definitely be uh, warranted just because like, what do you, I mean, what are you doing? You guys talked about the new rec- recruiting protocols and, Protecting the program and not letting uh, certain kids just kind of control the situation. And if he was to come in on your quote-unquote celebration weekend um, and turn you down to go play in the snow up there in Nebraska, then that that's kind of a bad sign. I, I would absolutely agree, David.
1: Speaking of bad signs, let's talk about offensive line recruiting. Um, <sighs> <sighs> so... Did you already touch on there's no Chris Morris, who is a four-star offensive line commit? Miami was trying to get in on a commit to Texas A&M. That Miami was trying to get on an official visit. What what happened there? Is that just a case of Miami shoot its shot and didn't work out? or?
0: So Chris Morris, he's there at uh, West Memphis, Arkansas. Um, Miami was late to offer him he was saying all the right things. And then right when they're kind of finalizing the details to set up that official visit, all of a sudden he's visiting Ole Miss. So, um, there's some people that think that his interest in Miami was, was never real. And I kind of agree with him. I mean, it was a long shot to begin with. Yeah, sure. Like he, if you go on his social media accounts, it's like him, like hunting and, and fishing and stuff. And like, I don't really think that would have been a locker room fit. So, um, my, my issue here is Miami should have kind of realized this and identified that way earlier in the process, not uh, the day before he's going to take an official visit. So, yeah, he's not going to be here this weekend, um, which means it's looking like Miami is going to sign just two offensive linemen during the early signing period. Oak Leaf, uh, top two, four, seven offensive tackle, Jalen Rivers, and Nashville Overton, uh, three-star tackle, Chris Washington. I like both those guys. Um, The fact that both of them are planning to enroll early is huge. We saw how that helped Zion Nelson. But at the same time, this unit was very bad this season. And addressing it with just two bodies, to me, is not a good sign. Especially um, just given the turnover and the exits we've seen. I know Cleveland Reed is expected to come back. We reported that a few weeks ago. Like He is no longer going to transfer out. But you should be adding as many bodies as you can until you get this thing right instead of just taking the bare minimum each cycle. So what what has happened
1: with some of these TART? Like last week, Miami hosted Kobe Baines, who is a Louisville commit from the Jacksonville area. Uh, Miami was trying to, to flip him last week on an official visit. Looks like, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like he's going to be sticking with Louisville. But what happened there? Why why is Miami unable to, to make a move?
0: I'm not really sure. I just know and I've been told by different people that not everyone in Kobe's camp is on board with Miami. I, I believe he arrived in Coral Gables uh, last weekend on his official visit with the full intentions of flipping to Miami. I was getting a lot of. Not smoke or I was getting some signals, receiving some signals on Saturday like that was going to happen. And then come Sunday, he meets with Manny Diaz and he returns home and um, he's still committed to Louisville. And I think he he ends up sticking with him. I I don't know. Um, Maybe it was a case of the official visit didn't really go good for some of the people inside his camp. So I'm not expecting them to be able to flip him.
1: And then Jonathan Dennis, it seemed like he's he's from South Dade. He's an interior guy uh, that's committed to Oregon. He was at one time committed to Miami. He flipped, I guess, to Oregon or ch- decommitted and then committed to Oregon. It seemed like Miami was maybe sniffing around him here recently within the last month, but it seems like that's going nowhere as well. You know, Do you think Miami should have made a stronger move with Jonathan or what what what's your take on Jonathan Dennis
0: his recruitment has been weird like you know and there's been two offensive line coaches here he was originally committed to Stacey Searles and then Butch Berry came in and, and, and kept recruiting Jonathan but if we all remember back in in the summer he picked Oregon over the Hurricanes and at the time I asked a lot of the people I know in Coral Gables, like, was Jonathan Dennis a take? And I got mixed mixed signals. And my thought process here is if Mario Crystal Ball wants this guy, and he's in your backyard, and they're recruiting him, and you guys don't want him or you're not fully on board, like, that should be a major red flag. Um, look at your offensive line play. Like, you guys should be trying to get as many offensive linemen that are capable and have a chance to play at the uh, power five level as, as possible. Look at the current roster right now. Uh, you got Zion Nelson and Jakai Clark, right? Those are two three stars that you flipped late from other schools. And no one expected them to play as true freshmen. And they both started a ton of games as true freshmen. Keep in mind on your roster, you also have Zelante Hillary, who was a borderline top 247 kid, and Kyleon Herbert, who is another borderline top 274 kid or top 24-7 kid, excuse me. Neither of those guys played this season. So Manny said this at one of his press conferences. I believe, you know, the offensive line is the hardest hardest position to uh, project, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. You, you never really know until, when you, until you get them on campus. So in my eyes, you should be taking as many kids as you can that you think have a chance and then figuring it out. And I think if you look at Jonathan Dennis and watch him play wow. – um, He's absolutely a guy who would give you a chance. So I don't know what happened um, back in the summer, but I, I think as the season went on, Miami kind of realized that maybe Jonathan's a guy that they should try to flip. And I think they they did put an effort in, but it, it sounds like he's going to stick with Oregon.
1: Is Miami too picky? Like, And this honestly goes back to the Stacy Searles time. At UM, In your mind, do you think, has Miami just been too picky with their evaluations of the offensive linemen that they decide they want to recruit? Because it seems like, you know, they find flaws with all these guys. And then, you know, October, November rolls around every cycle and they're scrambling at the end. Um, well, you know,
0: go back to go back to last cycle. Marie Smith, the three star offensive lineman out of Miami Central Remember, All of a sudden Miami wanted him. Ended up Great. at Florida State. I got. Let me. I did some research uh, Friday morning, and I, I have this stat for you, and it's, I think, extremely telling about the state of offensive line recruiting. So the past three cycles, and I'm going to include this cycle, so the 2020, the 2019, and the 2018 cycle, by my count there's 22 offensive linemen that are going to go play Power 5 football. Some of them are obviously already there because they were previous cycles. Miami, it looks like is going to have. It looks like Miami is going to sign just one of them, and that was DJ Scaife uh, back in 2018. So, 22 offensive linemen in Broward, Dade, and Palm Beach—that's you know at one time that was considered the state of Miami—are going to go play power five football on the offensive line. Miami has signed one of them. What's even more alarming is that the Hurricanes only really offered four or five of them again, this this goes back to my kind of you got a volume shoot and why is yeah. it Miami volume, volume shooting? It's that,
1: and I think too it it is another case for maybe Miami needs to go to spread like if they are they are unsuccessful recruiting and evaluating offensive linemen. And you know the offensive linemen are always going to be important in any offense you run. But the spread it, it does kind of mitigate uh, that position, um, and so yeah, I think look if you're if you're unable to land and develop the type of offensive lineman that you want, why not just go super local volume shoot with these local offensive linemen and run a spread offense? I mean, I don't know. To me, it's it's crystal clear, but Miami refuses to do it.
0: Yeah. I, it's, it's mind boggling to me. I mean, I know we touched on this on a previous podcast, didn't we? Like, yes, yes. And just when I, when I research those numbers, it becomes even more, I don't know, puzzling. Again, 22 offensive linemen the past three cycles in the Tri County area are going to play power five football and block on the offensive line. Miami's only going to sign one of them. In this cycle, too, correct
1: me if I'm wrong, but, um, was Miami kind of late to the party on Gerald Mincy and Marlon Martinez, two guys yes. who are from Br- yes. Broward County? Okay. And they ended up, for those that don't follow recruiting closely, Mincy is a commit to Florida, and Martinez is a commit to LSU. And, uh,
0: and my- Let's kind of talk about that as well. So Miami was trying to, down the stretch, kind of flip Marlon Martinez – And Jonathan Dennis. Marlon Martinez is committed to LSU, who's having their best season ever in playing the college football playoff. And Jonathan Dennis in Oregon just won a Pac-12 championship. It's like, pick your battles, guys. I mean, you just went six and six.
1: Right. So, again, they're being picky with their evaluations and moving on offers when they are a program that is, you know, a six to eight win program annually. Um, That's... That's kind of a, a bad strategy, in my opinion. But we'll see. I, I agree. We'll see. we'll see if that changes. I guess should we look ahead, peek ahead to the early signing day next Wednesday? Um, yeah. So how many Miami's at what? Twenty commitments now officially after Antonio Smith, de, you know, decommitted even though he was dropped. But um, so it's twenty commits, right, Andrew? Right now,
0: twenty commits. 20 commits and 20 commits that I, I I don't there's no silent commits to my knowledge so 20 is the number right now like I, there's no hidden 21 or 22 so 20
1: and um you've you've alluded to it the cap is 25 um you know where things stand Friday going into this official visit weekend um you think who do you think Miami adds who, who would you guess Miami adds to this class
0: I'm tr- I'm trying not to be like the doom and gloom. I will say the past three days here in Daytona Beach, New Smyrna Beach, have been pretty gloomy, gray, overcast. So maybe it's getting to me. But I'm honestly not ready to forecast anyone to Miami. Like I have no open crystal ball picks out there in favor of Miami. Um, I thought for a while Devontae Brown was going to be the guy. And now I have him pegged to UCF. Uh, so... Here's who I think Miami is still alive for. I think they're still alive for Keyshawn Green, uh, the linebacker, top 247 linebacker out of Wakula. I still think they're alive for uh, Jaden Francois, the four star defensive back uh, out of uh, South Dade. I think those are like 50 50 right now. Um, If they don't get Green, there's a chance that that they will just go ahead and offer right away Jesus Machado. the linebacker, three-star linebacker, to Hialeah Champagnat Catholic, like he's a kid who Miami could offer um, at the, the final hour of the early signing period, and I think he would still sign with them. So uh, he, so we'll say one more linebacker. You know, you got the two five stars out there: Darnell Washington, uh, the tight end from Las Vegas Desert Pines, and then Justin Flo, the five-star linebacker uh, from Upland, California. Right now, I'm not, I'm not projecting Miami to get either of those guys I I honestly think Alabama is the team to beat for Darnell Washington but I'm not I've heard enough Tennessee mentions that I think they're a real dark horse in that recruitment so watch out for Tennessee he takes an official visit there this week and he'll spend some time in Knoxville and then with Flo, it just all signs continue to point to uh, Clemson so those two we will toss them out Danico Slaughter, he's a safety. I mentioned him earlier on the podcast from Roswell, Georgia. He decommitted. Um, not sure what to make of that yet. It's still early. That kind of like broke while we're doing this podcast. So he's a guy that's in play, not ready to really project him either. Um, so, it's, 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 oh, then there, you know, there's a chance they could make a move, and I wrote this on Thursday on the site, with Gage Gaynor. He's Corey Gaynor's younger brother. He goes to Parkman, Stoneman, Douglas. He's a three-star offensive lineman. Uh, he's actually a pretty talented kid. I've seen him a few times in camps at, like, FAU. He's also been at Miami. Um, I think Barry was at his school on Thursday. So they could potentially offer him, and I think he's someone they could get in the boat, but not sure if that if that's going to happen. I think there's they will likely wait to see. What's still available? Um, Let me pull up the targets list just so I'm not forgetting anyone. Tell me this.
1: Do you like? Let's say Miami does strike out on Keyshawn Green and Justin Flo. Is do you feel like it is a good move for them to bring
0: in Machado or would you wait? I. Can I be indifferent? Like it doesn't to me it doesn't really doesn't like I think he's has more upside than a guy like Corey Flag, but I also believe that this year, since we're the third year in the early signing period, less kid or more kids are not gonna sign earlier than previous years. I think kids have finally started to realize that, that hey, you have some leverage in this. Like yeah. you don't have to sign early. So I think there's gonna be a lot more things available out there. Um so if Miami were to want to run the run the risk and see what other linebackers are available, I, I could I, I would be fine with it. I also don't really think they need to add a third linebacker now that Zach McLeod came back, but that's just me. I mean, like I again, like I would take another offensive lineman over another another linebacker, but I'm not is, as involved in the the roster management, so.
1: Is there a chance Machado waits to sign?
0: So Machado is an early enrollee. So, okay. from my understanding, he could actually just show up on the last day of ad drop at Miami. So that would buy Miami some time. So that is a scenario as well. Okay. And who would be, like, if he
1: doesn't end up Miami, Where where is he going to end up?
0: That's a good question, man. I know Utah was involved, Kansas. But I, I asked this high school coach, uh, I think, on Thursday, and there was nothing really cooking. So there's no pressure right now on that. So, uh, But to answer your question, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what Wednesday is going to look like. Like, Let's circle back right. to that question. I don't know how they're going to finish. Um, I don't want to sit here and be like, hey, it's, it's probably not going to be that exciting. But it, it doesn't really seem... Like it's going to be that exciting. Like if they get Keyshawn Green and and Jaden Francois, well, then yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good. That's a good day. That's a good day. That's that would be right now. Let's say that's not best case scenario because best case scenario you're adding Darnell Washington and Justin Flo, but best realistic case scenario would be would be that close and the narrative is going to quickly shift to well, we still got spots available and we're going to see what we can get in, in February, which is fine, I think, honestly. Um yes, I mean, we we, we touched on this at the, at the beginning of the podcast. If Miami keeps all twenty commits that they have right now and they're able to add one or two more guys, like that's a pretty dang good job, I think. Tell me this because we gotta touch on the five stars
1: too a little more. Um, I know you're not expect like they they both are long shots at this point, but of the two, Darnell Washington or Justin Flo, who do you think Miami might have a better
0: chance at flow? Okay. I don't know. Uh, I've gone back and forth. Like I know Miami felt really good coming out of the official visit with Darnell Washington. Like there was some like, all right, we're in this, we're in this, we're in this, but it's just all the big players are involved in that recruitment. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, Georgia needs a tight end. Todd Hartley has, wasn't able to get Eric Gilbert, uh, the five-star out of Georgia. And then Theo Johnson, uh, the four-star out of Canada, he ended up committing to Penn State. So they need a tight end. So they're all in on Darnell. Alabama's all in on Darnell. And I don't know. I, I think I would, I would give Miami a better chance probably with Justin Flo just because maybe he doesn't want to go to school in South Carolina. And he wants to hang out and, and, and spend the next three to four years in Miami. So I could see that happening. Like I could see that being said on while he, while he announced it why why announces on ESPN. I'm not projecting it to happen, but that on, seems on, more go ahead.
1: On a scale of one to ten, how shocked would you be if Miami lands one of those two guys?
0: Oof, like nine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, like have the finishes been good the past couple of years no
1: absolutely not
0: yeah when's the last time they got a guy on signing day like on an espn ceremony nesta yeah yeah that was Jeff a good thomas one. before that right 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 and both those i mean well i guess we kind of knew jeff was coming but man nesta that one was wild Right, and technically he was still committed. Right? Did he ever? He
1: never decommitted. It was just kind of either he flips to Florida or sticks with Miami. Right.
0: I know. I know.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. I guess you know we'll see how this official visit weekend goes with with Jaden Francois and you know whatever tea leaves we can read with Keyshawn Green uh, coming out of his Nebraska official visit. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, there's always going to be excitement with this build up to the early signing day. Every you know, we we think right now it it might not be exciting, but that rarely ever does hold true. I think something always pops up between now and signing day. So it's gonna be interesting. So, you know, stay
0: locked. Go ahead. And let me let me add, I'm like I mean if you guys have followed my recruiting coverage for the past year, few years and even more recently, like I'm the most hesitant uh right I think per, in the network like i'm not like a sunshine pumper like i call it how i see it so um sure I, what i'm saying is probably coming off way harsher than some other people would and i'm not doing that i just i want to be right and this is the information i have and me kind of sifting through all it like miami's still absolutely alive with some of these kids and they they could finish well but i rather temper expectations instead of sitting here and and telling everyone they're getting everyone
1: right. No, I think that's very fair the way you handle it. So, you know, with that being said, I think y'all should stay locked onto the site. We'll see what, what kind of developments happen over the next few days and, and where this recruiting class lands.
0: All right, guys, we'll talk to you
1: next time. Take care.